Hello, and welcome to Executive Insider. My name is JT O'Donnell, and I'm the founder and CEO of Work It Daily, the number one online career growth club. I'm helping 1 million people grow their careers, and that includes executives just like you. I coach a community of executives inside Work It Daily, where we talk about what it means to be an executive, how we can build our executive networks, and how we can take our executive careers to the next level. So get ready. We're about to share content only an executive insider can bring to the table. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Executive Insider. And today we're going to be talking about how marketing teams can determine issues with complaints and requests that they're getting. I am so excited about this. This is based on an article that did extremely well over on the Work It Daily platform by Yoshi Mecklenburg. And Yoshi is a consumer packaged goods executive in the marketing arena. And today she's going to walk us through this. It's really fascinating stuff and something that I think everyone, especially in marketing, even if you're not in consumer packaged goods needs to be thinking about. Hey there, Yoshi. Hi. This is such a cool topic and I'm really excited to pick your brain on it. And I know our audience is too, but I think we have to start at the very beginning. So walk us through, how did you get into this field of consumer packaged goods marketing? So it was the cosmetic perfume precisely. I bought when I was in college and I liked the fragrance so much. And when I purchased, I just saw the bottle has the spray part that has the straw coming down and it curved at the corner. So I asked the lady, you know, who's the salesperson, why is it curved? And she said, so that you can use at the last drop. And I thought it was a cool idea. Being in a college student, investing $200 perfume, I want to use at the last drop. Do you know how many times I've probably looked inside and not really thought about why that's curved as opposed to straight? It's frustrating, right? <laughs> it is. And how many times you've used something with the straight one and you can't get the end and you're opening up the top and trying to dump it out? Yes. <laughs> so I appreciate the fact that whoever created that perfume, not only the fragrance that I like, but it's just thoughtfully developed with appreciation in mind, but consumer's perspective. So that got me into you know, going after my career in CPG marketing. I think that marketing job is to deliver the message to consumers and the other way around, you know, getting some feedback for improvement and whatnot. Well, and that's so interesting because today's topic is about complaints and requests and things like that. And that literally is the basis of what you just said, that somebody must have complained or commented that I'm spending $200 on a bottle of perfume and I'm leaving a centimeters worth, you know, in my mind, that's $30 sitting in a bottle that I can't get at, right? So mm -hmm. is that sort of how this started to develop for you? So the product has to be sent out with a message along with the product. So I think it's important that marketing is delivering the message to consumer why it's being made like this. Interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. They've got to actually say, look, this is why we did it the way we did. We heard you. We listen to you. That's amazing. So let's talk about criteria then. So when you're getting requests and complaints in marketing, first of all, I'm thinking to myself, marketing probably doesn't get those directly. It's usually maybe sales or customer service. Mm -hmm. So walk me through how those get to marketing accurately and then what you look for in a complaint or a request in order for it to validate with you that it's something you should think about. So when it comes to global marketing, you know, not only from the sales or customers that you are getting from feedback locally, but also you have to be mindful about what other people in the world would say mm -hmm. when you're getting some feedback would be going through subsidiary marketing folks. Sure. So whatever the changes that or something has to be made, you have to be 
aware that if it makes any changes, there's no hiccups for other markets. That's interesting. You don't want to just look at something and say, oh, yes, we should make that change. What you're suggesting is we have to validate that that's going to be okay for every market that you're in. Yes. Interesting. And you're not just talking markets. I'm thinking even user groups, right? Personas. So, you know, you go change something to approve it for a female Mm -hmm. and it might actually take away from the male user's experience, right? Or something like that, or more youthful and it might take away from a more seasoned person. That's interesting. So you have to look at all of those aspects when you're making a decision to change something based on a complaint. At that point, do you do something scientific or data-driven? Do you say what percentage of these complaints make up the most part of our market? Like, how do you determine that, okay, it's worth it to make the change. We're going to sacrifice for a few customers in order for the greater good. So before we go into getting some complaints, when we're making some product from scratch, Usually for consumer products will take anywhere from one year to three years until the day to make the concept to deliver in store. Mm. So you're kind of getting all the you know idea and share with everyone and subsidiary office people to make sure that this idea would work for mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. So getting feedback is primarily more internally to ask for their market's experts Mm -hmm. and then tap into the idea and creating some improvement. So all of the process has to be shared internally, globally. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, taking three years, you might think it's too long, but we're also targeting to shelving timeline, like Christmas season or Mother's Day season. We don't want to miss the window. Mm -hmm. So we also need to get the feedback from all the buyers. Okay. Retailers as well. So products might be good for consumers, but the package might be not good for when you're putting on shelving. So when we have some feedback from the buyer, it would be very helpful. Got it. Okay. So build on that for me. What are the criteria you use to justify that we are going to do that. We're going to use that complaint. More sales you have, more complaints you get. Ah. Right? So it's not like in a perfect world that you're not going to make everyone's happy, especially consumer products. But at least we wanted to get the most percentage of the people are agreeing with what we're developing. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to give you one example. When we were in the almost finished developing stage, one subsidiary, which is in France, marketing team complains the package that they didn't like. And we've been sharing for all the progress and we didn't get any feedback. And they're telling us at the last minute. So we spent all the marketing budget for development and everything. So we didn't have any time and the budget to spend so what happened was, you know, the brand, global branding and headquarter just rejected the idea. You know, they're not going to support France team. I wanted to ask why their request is coming from so that you can get full information, you know, to understand what the reason is. Right. They got the feedback from the buyer saying that they saw some other competitors have the similar products, but the price is very low compared to our products. So France was saying, if we don't support their idea, they're not going to sell anything in their market, which is pretty bad because we 
made the assumption of all the sales forecasts that we're getting from worldwide, and we tap into, you know, how much money you can spend for development costs. Mm-hmm. And we spend all that money, and they're, France is telling us that sales is zero. So they said that it's not that they don't like the package. They wanted to have that. That was a figure in unit pack, but they wanted to put three figures into one package. In addition to that, they want to add a book that relates to the figures. So I think it was a very genius idea. You know, we want to support it. So then we just sat down and said, hey, look, we want to support you, but I just don't know if you are able to talk to maybe like bookstore that potentially they can support France team to, you know, sell in a store, which is, you know, beyond toys. So this is challenging for them, but they were actually able to work together to have some buyers from the bookstore to put it on shelving. So we just foresee the more sales increase. So then, you know, how we can absorb the extra development cost by increasing sales for France. So we put them all the numbers together, you know, put the head around and we just were able to make extra cost to support the France idea. But I just foresee more issue beyond marketing because you're increasing sales. Do we have enough materials? Do we have enough production capacity? What about QNQC? So we have to talk to all the people to make sure there's no hiccups. Mm. So when you are making a big change, you need to talk to every people internally to get involved with, to see the picture that we're seeing at the same time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So here's a radical question for you. How are you supposed to know the best way to design a career that suits your unique needs? Few of us were ever exposed to useful advice to help us make good career decisions. In the past, only pro athletes and wealthy CEOs could afford career coaching. Work It Daily was designed to disrupt the career coaching industry. We provide 24-7 access to career coaches for less than the cost of a gym membership. Like most professionals, you've likely struggled at some point to find a job or grow your career in a way that makes you feel happy and satisfied. Work It Daily can help you make sense of what to do next in your career. Career planning can feel daunting and lonely, but it doesn't have to be that way. Work It Daily will provide you with the structure and answers you need to take action and get the positive results you're looking for from your efforts. Because we know you have better things to do than stress about your job search or career growth strategy. You'll find us online at workitdaily.com or in your phone app store. That's Work It Daily. W-O-R-K-I-T. D-A-I-L-Y dot com. Visit to learn more or sign up today and get started with our career coaches immediately. And it's interesting. You know what I really like about that story is that when France pushed back so late in the game, it could be very easy to say, no, it's too late in the game. We've used up our budget. You're going to use what we came up with. But instead you said, well, let's go see what they have in mind. And they came up with an idea that was worth you supporting, which I think is fascinating that you were able to then pull the resources together and get that done. Because again, it would have been very easy to go, nope, sorry, too late. You can't have that. So I guess it's good that when they complain like that, even late in the game, like you said, that you have to qualify against that. So when you paid extra attention to that, like why in your gut did you feel like, no, this is something we should pursue and go after? What was the thought process there? I think I just trust their opinion because they should know better about their markets. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they 
tell us they don't like it. It's more like there's reason to that. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I just wanted to simply find out the why their request is coming from to articulate all the information that they're requesting. So sometimes when I talk to them, I select the tools that I'm communicating, whether if it's email or calling, uh, talking on the phone to avoid misunderstandings. That makes sense that you actually spent the time. I also think it's very interesting to your point, if they're coming with such a severe complaint that late in the game, then you want to believe that they wouldn't do that unless they really meant it. Correct. Right. Yes. And so, and that was what you picked up on like that. Why would somebody do that? Just because there was a real reason there that makes an incredible point. When you think about that challenge, if that happens all the time, how do you mitigate that? Or how do you keep that from happening so late in the process? That was a beautiful example. But I think probably in your mind, what you took away from that was, I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. I want that to happen sooner in the three-year span. So it's not happening. How do you make sure? What do you try to do to make that happen sooner? So I also looked at their markets, similar products going on online to see what they're saying makes sense. So you can just find something more uh, fact by going around it to make sure that it makes sense. So you're mindful about what their markets are also at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. So if this hadn't been handled by you, right? Like if you hadn't seen it this way, how do you think it would have ended differently? If it's another person handle it, they might not take the time to listen and collect the information and ask why, where they're coming from. So it might be a little bit different. And I also was very careful how to communicate internally because I was a liaison that time. So internally, they might think I'm friend side, but it's not that. So you have to be careful how to communicate internally as well. So if it's somebody else, then you know they might not be taking time to consider what they're asking for Makes sense. So in your profession, are you usually building a brand new consumer packaged goods product or are you building off of an existing one? What's more common? It's a little bit of both. What I mean by that is, let's say, for example, toy, if it's movie related products, then it's pretty much if it's new movie, then that would be everything creating from scratch. But if it's something relates to TV series, that's maybe different characters coming along in different seasons, but main characters remain the same. So it depends. So a little bit of both. Interesting. How does the initial process of even coming up with an idea for a product form? Do they usually already come to you with an idea of what they want to do and it's your job to zone in on it? Or is it the sky the limit and you just pitch all sorts of ideas? Again, it's just if it's movie related, then, you know, that's completely movie driven. If it's completely new products, we just look at the trends like DIY trends is hot. Then we can just making something like building products or blocks and things like that. All right. So you're already looking at trends in terms of topics as well as other products that are already doing really well, Mm -hmm. right? Correct. All right. We have a really timely question. Shout out to Andrea in the audience. She wants to know, how do you actually prioritize all the different market needs, which I think is great. How do you decide what they need and who gets what? That's a good question. Actually, it's more the volume of the sales in that country Mm. that speaks. But also, if you foresee the market is growing in that market, Uh you want to pay special attention, even it's really small. 
that can be a lot of different markets. How many markets could you be considering for a product at one time? 20 countries, but so sometimes it depending on the you know, TV program related products. Mm -hmm. And that would be launching time might be different depending on the program Mm -hmm. and movie as well. You talked about launching times. Can you list off some of the classic times of year that become major launching points? If it's toy, then we normally launch in spring because that's when we are getting off of basic products. Mm -hmm. But then we're more looking towards fall season for bigger launch. Because mm-hmm. we're thinking about Christmas season. So anything that is sold better performance in spring products, we keep them. But then in fall, we have more higher price point products because it's the Christmas season. Interesting. So it's more t- uh, industry-wise, it's spring and fall. Interesting. And sometimes back to school or Halloween one-shot products. Right. Sure. Is there like a number of new products they'll try to produce per year? Do companies set a goal or is it just more based on demand? How do they determine that? It's based on the shelving space, unfortunately, because they have so much space that provide to us. So bigger shelving space is something that we want to fill. So that's kind of what we're looking for by SKUs numbers. Interesting. So you're looking at shelving space, but then you have to look at the dimensions of the shelving space. Yes. And you have to think about the stocking of the shelving space, Mm -hmm. right? In order to maximize the units on there, on top of that, there's so much. Where do you pull that data? Is there just a lot of existing data to use to help you make those decisions? The shelving space is, you know, already decided. So within that shelving, we have the packaging teams that know better what they're doing. So when they're making the product development, they're already in their mind how much package would be. So then they can just divide it by SKU numbers and they will usually tell marketing team, hey, this is too much or you know, we can make the package smaller so that it all fits. Do you, and this is sort of an, I wouldn't expect you to necessarily know the answer to it, but given all the changes going on in the world right now and how much virtual shopping we have going on, do you think this will have some kind of impact on how companies choose to create products? Because they may not shelve them in a store so much, right? It might become a lot more of an online focus. It's interesting you said that because I have a UK team that one retail is not retail they're more online driven so when we're making something products for them we're not even doing packaging it's just a white box so you know there's some accounts that are asking for us to make the white package then that would be something that we can look into in the future all right we have a question from lisa lisa says how do you handle all the different country regulations which is a little different that's a good question So there's a little bit of both for one is for product itself and the other one is packaging. Some countries are not okay for some ingredients in the plastic or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we already clear all the criteria to make the products. Mm -hmm. So it's product is universal. Some other point from the packaging side is some countries are not allowed for certain space. Like if the toy is like this big and you can't make this much packaging. So we're already have the data to make, there's no market that we can just sell that product into the market. Got it. So you've got to make sure that the product you choose covers all the countries and then the packaging as well. 
so yeah. that that way you're not making different types of products or packages depending mm-hmm. on the country. Jim's got a great question. What's the most exciting product launch you've ever been a part of and why? It's not really a product launching, but I was working for Mattel back in the day and that was 50th anniversary. And so we had a lot of events going on in the year. So that was very interesting because we had some Barbie anniversary caravan that going to different region, <laughs> it was a little uh, kid-sized house that you can get in and play with the toys. So that was very interesting. And then also when I was in charge for Hot Wheels, Hot Wheel has 45 fifth anniversary or something like that. So we had some major events and it's interesting that let's say, for example, in Japan, 90% of the Hot Wheels consumers are adults. What? <laughs> so they're so fascinating about how detailed it is and they're so, products are so unique. So it's just so muscle guys just holding little tiny hot wheels <laughs> excited about it. So that is very um, exciting moment for me. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It must be interesting to find out who your true users are, right? <laughs> Andrea says, who knew, right? <laughs> Definitely who knew. That's amazing. Well, listen, my last question for you then is with all this incredible experience and all this going on in the world, where do you see yourself next? How do you see your career growing in this area? I would like to guide other people on how to approach for a situation like that when you get some complaints to take it to the next level. Absolutely. And do you think that it's about building a process, like an intake process for identifying those complaints? And which departments would you end up working with in order to bring that through? I still wanted to work in the consumer products part, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to be mindful about when you're making the decision, you want to connect with all these departments to make sure they're all agreeing with what we're going to do, seeing big picture like we're all doing. It makes total sense. That's awesome. Yoshi, this was great. Thank you so much for taking the time to go through this. And thank you to the audience for your fabulous questions. I always give it back to our guests for a final thought. So what is your final thought or takeaway that everybody should keep in mind about this subject? It's better ask why for up to five times when requests or complaints are out of the blue and you want to stay calm and collect the information where they're coming from. I love it. And for folks, this whole idea of asking why five times is expanded upon in Yoshi's article, which we're going to have in the links below. So please check it out. It's really, really good. Yoshi, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you'll come back again. And folks, remember this, the next time you are thinking about a consumer package good, think about the audience. Who knew? Who knew (laughs) that that Matchbox cars were by grown men? (laughs) That's awesome. Great story. Thank you again, everyone. We'll see you next time on another episode of Executive Insider. And until then, remember this, if you want to win, you got to work it daily. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Executive Insider. If you want to learn more about Work It Daily and how we can help you with your career or job search, visit workitdaily.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed and left us a five-star review. Don't forget to check out workitdaily.com slash podcast to get access to the resources and links mentioned in today's episode. Those can be found in the show notes. Again, thanks for listening. And I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode of Executive Insider.